Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is Snake Oil Radio with your host, Jim Ventura. Hope everyone is doing well today. Today is my uh, live interview show, and we're going to be talking to Farzana Rosa of Meeting Magic and uh, kind of find out a little bit about what she's all about and what she does. Uh, I've actually talked to uh, Farzana before, and she certainly makes an interesting, uh, has some interesting conversation, and does some cool things. So uh, I think that's, I think Farzana's already here. So I'm going to kind of jump right in and see whether I can get her online here. Hello, Farzana. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning, dear. How are you? Great, phenomenal, actually. <laughs> Good. That's very good to hear. I know it's a little dreary outside, but here in Arizona, we actually tend to like that, don't we? Yes, we do. Because <laughs> it's rare. <laughs> so it's actually kind of nice. So very, very good. Very good. So uh, I didn't uh, – did you catch my little intro that I played a little song for you? I don't know if you caught that. I like that, yes. Uh, uh, very, that's That's my uh, delusional creativity here. So uh, anyway, let's. Uh, I'm gonna before I actually before I, I give you the intro. Let me uh, throw in the guest call in number in case anybody wants to call in. Um, that number is six four six two hundred three nine six six. If anybody wants to call in and ask any questions of uh, Farzana, um, give us a little bit to talk first, and then um, we'll uh, if we get any callers, we'll we'll take those. I'll give that number again in a little while. So anyway, that said. So tell, give, let's give the listening audience a little insight into uh, Farzana Rosa and what Meeting Magic is all about. Well, Meeting Magic is about you, meaning the person, the being that is, um, life is magic, Jim, that's what I look at. And everything we do is magic when we just, you know, relax a little bit and realize what it really is. And so meeting magic helps you see your vision clearly. And we do that through coaching and what I've created a technique called spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence. All right. Tell us a little bit more about what that is. We all are spiritual beings created in this wonderful gown of flesh. And a lot of the times we get so busy doing, we forget that we are beings, <laughs> and the being is the doing, and that's a lot of the times just being still and hearing really the truth about who we are and where we are to be and what's our next step, and everything's done in peace and harmony. So I have a rule, and my rule is if it's difficult, and I know that may uh, shot some people because you hear, you know, it's got to be challenging. If you're not, uh, there's a saying that uh, if it's not hard, you're not doing it properly or something to that effect. I have, my rule is if it's not smooth and easy, let it go. 
Right. Life, yeah, life is meant to be smooth and easy. I referenced the sun coming up and going down. Most of the time, we're asleep when it does, but it does it smooth and easily. And when we're out of sync with the earth, it lets us know because then we get earthquakes, we get avalanches, we get all different kinds of signals saying, you're not taking care of me. The same thing happens for our life and our body. And we a lot of the times attribute it to genealogy or different things like that, but it's really our life speaking to us saying, be still and hear me. And that's what spiritual intelligence is about. Excellent, excellent. I think that's a, a very good way of uh, describing that concept and that idea because I, I do completely agree with you. I think that, you know, a lot of times we're, we're programmed to believe that um, that difficulty um, is the, quote-unquote, the right road in that um, if it's not, we don't struggle, it's not worthwhile in that sense. And uh, I, I would have to agree with you completely on that, that I think that that is a, a misperception in many ways that ends up um, affecting the way people live their lives in that sense. Yes, it does. Uh, it does. Very much. Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, um, I, you know, you, you refer to it as spiritual intelligence, and I, I think that's a, a nice um, concept and definitely really, um, you know, in my own way, I, 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 I talk to my clients about that as well, too, about, I mean, I think we really, do have the answers inside ourselves um, all the time. We have a higher awareness or wisdom. It's just, you know, getting through the muck of beliefs and distortions and fears and various other things that we get enveloped in where we lose touch with those, with the, that, that, that wisdom or, as you put it, that spiritual intelligence. Yeah, because we're sense beings. We are created with our senses. If we look at nature uh, we think that animals have an innate instinct. It's in us. Everything's in nature that's in us. So when we look at, we think that uh, people like John Edwards or, or we call them psychic mediums, that they have uh, something extra that we don't, when we really understand that we have it as well, it's opening up for it. We can live a far greater magnificent, I call it a magical life, that's where the meeting is, is, is magic. You meet yourself face to face with, oh, I knew that. I was going to do that. <laughs> and I changed my mind. Yeah, and the smooth and easy. Even in traffic, uh, I, I say pay attention to that voice that says, get off at the next exit when you're on the freeway. Instead of speaking back to that voice saying, oh, no, this way is quicker, and then you end up in a traffic jam. Right. So, yeah, so it's really just paying attention to who we are. Well, and I have to agree because I think there's a, there's a big difference between logic and intuition. Yeah. I think that they, they can really work together in tandem in that sense, but uh, a lot of times uh, logic will distort or override intuition in that sense. And, I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the things that um, women are generally stronger at in many ways, although I don't want to be, uh, you know, sexist <laughs> in any way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so, uh, so much for, for uh, political uh, correctness in that sense. 
but I do think that you know, women are, are generally more wired that way in that sense um, to to follow uh, intuition in that sense. Although you know, obviously you see variations to this dependent on a person's astrology and various other factors that make them up as a human being. But uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely in agreement with you about that. In fact, I'd actually one of, one of the things I'd like to ask you too is uh, continuing on with that that topic is could you maybe uh, Tell me and, and our audience here um, what uh, what kind of led you into um, the work that you do. Most of my life, I came from a family of um, people who trusted in something greater than themselves, which I was very fortunate that to have that example. And, of course, I had it more a little bit stronger than other members of my family, and my grandmother would guide me with it because she was a great, I mean, uh, she was such an example of living it. And as I moved forward in my, as you, as I would call it, my professional career, I was a meeting planner, and they would always call me to speak to the CEOs or to, we called it troubleshooting, but I could just sense what was really going on and could resolve it. And one step led to another, and listening to what I do, I do it anyway, so open it up for more people. And you were saying to me uh, you believe that women have the intuition more so than men. I have more male clients than I do female clients. Oh, you do? I have the complete opposite. Absolutely opposite. Yeah, I mean, like ninety percent of my clientele are are, are women, easily. Um, yeah. So that's actually very interesting to hear. And and why do you? Um, well, it's probably because you're an attractive woman, so you draw them to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that could be one reason. But one of the things that I say, which is really not acknowledged a lot, men get it. You can give, because men follow direction very well. And when they know that they can hear it from the inside out, once they get it, they get it. And you don't have to, um, you know, really, really repeat it with them a lot. And one of the things is because what I believe is they don't really get uh, emotional. We, I, we laugh about the stem from the left to the right brain being shorter in men than it is women. But men don't process that uh, emotional side like women do. And so when men get it, I love it. Men get it. Well, and, and I think you actually that's an interesting kind of point to bring up because here's where I would kind of um, see, uh, agree on this perspective from this angle. The difference that I do find often between men and women also, again, you know, we're, we're being careful not to be too stereotypical here, but what I find is a lot, and I actually explain this a lot to um, to female clients, which I think they really appreciate the input, but I think the one thing that does work favorably for the male is we're often very inclined to want to actually resolve something. Yes. Fact, often, you know, I mean, to me, a lot of times, I, I understand that a lot of female clients will come to me to get insight. But, the, you know, I say this with love, but um, sometimes they just want to complain. 
and they just want to talk about the situation. They're not necessarily looking for resolution. Where males are really often wired in many ways to want to solve a problem. That's why I think in, in heterosexual relationships sometimes there can be a, a difficulty that comes up because often a woman will, she just wants to talk about her day and she might, you know, be complaining about the, the obnoxious uh, person in her office or something. She doesn't really want her boyfriend or husband to fix it. She just wants right. to dialogue about it in that sense. Where males are, are, are generally more wired for, okay, this is what you have to do, and this is your resolution. So I absolutely agree with you. While I don't have a lot of male clientele, um, I do find that when I do work with males that they are often very receptive to... They are, uh, and with my female clients, what I tell them, because of the way that the male and female communicate, I will say to my, my female clients, listen, just say to him, this is a, I'm airing this. It's not for anything other than I just would like to say it out loud. Right. And when you say that to men, then they don't take it personal or thinking that they're inadequate, and then that takes on another step, and then you're into, you've taken it out of what it really is about, and that's unconditional love. So right. when we really, yeah, because that's really all it's about. And I'm saying, like, when you and I have a conversation, I've, may call you up and say, Jim, I've just got to say this out loud. Right. And you'll hear me as opposed to going in that posture because we know that men are providers, they're protectors. So they're in that mode of, okay, let's get it done. Let's see what, you know, how we can, like you said, resolve it. And women are, well, let me just turn it this way. (laughs) Right. Well, let me say it like this and, you know, see how it with me, and it's an interesting concept. Yeah, absolutely. There is definitely a, a difference in, in perception that is uh, very. Uh, I have to. I always forget to turn my caller ID off. So when I'm on we get these little beep interruptions that are uh, probably a sales call anyway. So we will ignore that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, with spiritual intelligence. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to step on your words, but I was oh, just no, going to add. Plunge right in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, with spiritual intelligence, that assists in really taking it to the level of what it really is to be and opening up that communication so that we can communicate not only with our male and female counterparts, but with our children in the marketplace, in the village. You know, wherever we are, we can really look at what this means uh, for us, especially, and I'll give you an example. I, we are, we're all one, and we're the reflection of each other. And I have a client who gets irritated with everybody and everything. And so I have to laugh because the question would be, and it's, are you happy? Inside, are you at peace? What's really bugging you? Because it's not really the people. So in the spiritual intelligence side, we bring it back to the reflection of who we are, and then we open it up for what it really is about. And it's usually something that triggered something that happened that had nothing to do with the, the cashier at the grocery store, let's say. Right. So, yeah, yeah, just being aware of that is where we bring it to. 
Well, and and that's a and that really is a that's a that's a great explanation and a great way of putting it because I think that you know I, I probably do the same thing in a different context that you do, um, which is one of the things I, I think that that draws people to us in that sense, which is I that to me there's meaning in everything. In other words, everything reflects back. So like what you're bringing up is you've got someone who is internally pissy, and they're running across a lot of pissy people. Now, yeah. from, a metal perspective, from a metaphysical perspective, duh. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you're, you're kind of you're getting that reflection back, sometimes an exaggeration in that sense, and she's getting she's bugged internally, so she's getting bugged externally. Yeah. In that sense. And that's, I mean, I know I had a, an issue myself this summer with bugs in my kitchen. Now, it wasn't out of hand, so don't people run screaming in the night. I mean, I just have lived here for a while, and I had a little bit of an issue with a couple of cockroaches popping up. And Ooh. I really was frustrated with it, but at the same time, honestly, I I knew what was going on. In other words, the yeah. just pure practicality of living here for years, and I'm not really a big sprayer with pesticides and things of that nature. Um, at an, an emotional, psychological level, I was getting messages from my higher and higher self, which you uh, wonderfully term spiritual intelligence, about yeah. things I needed to take care of and do in my life, some practicalities. And I didn't like the messages, and spirit was bugging me with the messages. And Big I bugs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean, you know, and I say things like that too, and I think people, you know, it's amazing to look at the the light bulbs that go off in, on people with people's heads to explain to them that right, spirit is always talking to us internally and even externally. Yes. And that's if we yes. listen and pay attention yes. and realize that we can be that. Self-absorbed, and I'm I'm good at this, by the way, but being self-absorbed, <laughs> we can't be that self-absorbed. Oh, what well, a Sagittarius is self-absorbed. Call the call the presses. Um, we can be that self-absorbed because, to me, the universe is geared toward each of us individually. We're we're, we're each equally important. You know what I mean? In that sense, and we can we can realize that we do get the message messages directly sent to us, and they are tailored to us specifically but everyone also gets this too in their own way and it's real interesting because we'll even get markers in the sky it's way it's it's way funny i remember one time i was i lived in this home and making a decision to let go and move not anything other than it was time for me to move on from that area and i remember and it was on the lake and i walked out and I was lying on the grass looking up at the sky, and there was these birds circling, literally in a circle. I've not ever seen birds in a circle, and they circled, and they circled probably like three or four times. And the message to me was, so how many times are you going to go around with this? Right. <laughs> You're, right. Yeah, you keep circling this, so just you know what to do, just do it. And I did. It was the funniest thing. And, it and they were white birds. Yeah, I was. Yeah, they were white birds, and it was the best thing I could have ever done was just move out of that circle. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, right. White can represent clearing, and you know what I mean. And, and I don't know. It's just kind of a purifying oh, yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean that was really, really clear. It was. It was so funny. All I could do, I was just laugh, and I was like, okay, I get the message. I get yeah, the message clear. 
That's absolutely right. Because you know, I, I do think that that is. I do think that that is the thing um, that is, is troublesome for people even now. And I'll even ask you to kind of comment comment on this, even in terms of what's going on in the economy, and um, with this. I hate to put a label on it with re- this recession. In that sense, I've even been suggesting to people too that you know you you're being steered in another direction in life. Right, and just and choose not to participate. So right. here's the thing, uh, because we, and, and I'll bring it back to the sun and the moon and the grass, and we live in an abundant universe that replenishes itself. Money is, we, we call it a sacred energy, if you will, because of the law of exchange. That's spiritual. That's what the, the gravity means. We're, we're in a spiritual uh, environment here. No matter what the commercials say, it's all spiritual. So when we look at the energy of money and the energy of how everything flows, we know that there is an abundance. The only reason it wouldn't be is because you refuse to accept it, and I'm saying you as per se the collective people who choose to believe that the gas prices are this and that and this and that, when you choose to believe that, then that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to live, and that's what will happen in your life. When you believe that you're one paycheck away for those who work on a job from being homeless, when you feed into that, then that's what you think about most of the time, and that's what you express in your life. And you are in the environment of people who speak that, knowing that you're always fed, you're always taken care of. There's more than enough for everyone, more than enough, when we relax and allow it to flow. When we are not feeding, when you don't eat, and that's circulating money healthily, lovingly, joyfully, then yes, those veins become ill. It's just like having a heart a heart attack. Your arteries get clogged if you're not feeding yourself properly. And that's what happens in the universe. One of the things that we can do, and especially in my community, what we give thanks for, because we now have a new administration, we can thank money for that, if we begin to thank money for all the things that it is accomplishing for us, we can turn it around. We just don't choose to participate in what they call a recession. Right. Because money is ever printed, money never sleeps, it's always moving. We must be open for it in our lives and not speak ill against it. Because you know yourself. If you know that someone's speaking ill against you, you won't even call them or go to their house. Right. And that's the same with the energy of what we live. Yeah, I think that that that's a good way of putting it. Because I I struggled personally with uh, this quote-unquote recession issue for about two months in uh, the fall, really largely October and much of November. But um, I, I, I was getting messages about 
how to resolve it internally as well as externally. It took me about two months to get it, but I got it. And so that's over. <laughs> I mean, it's really over. I, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if it was, I had a conversation with you about this before at another point, or I was talking about someone else with this, but they were telling me that they were listening to someone who, some, uh, some metaphysical author or something, and someone had asked him or her about the recession and what he thought, and he said, oh, I don't, I'm choosing not to participate. That was me. You and I had that conversation. See, that's what's locked in my mind. I knew I, I got that from somewhere. And, I, you know, I've actually told a few people that, and you can't believe the response that I've gotten. <laughs> oh, you can. You know, people are just laughing. I'm like, that's brilliant. I'm like, it is brilliant because <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's, you're buying into this whole – I even say from a very practical level, there's no less money. No. I mean, what is anybody talking about? There's no less money. People are just holding on to it in fear in that sense, and they're losing theoretical money. But it's not real money in that sense. You know what I mean? When, when someone's even saying to me that 401K is down, it's like, yeah, but aren't you realistically aware that in, in another year or two it will probably be back up? So what bearing does this have on you now? But yeah. there's a fear consciousness that's very strong uh, that, uh, you know, it, it, there really is a wisdom in not dipping into it in that sense. And, again, exactly the same thing. To me, you know, I've said this to, to clients as well, too. If you've gone to such an extreme thing like losing your job or something like that, and, and the truth of it is I can guarantee there were signals and messages that you were either going to go or wanted to go anyway to do something else. Exactly. And there's Clearly, something right. even greater and grander right. for you. You just must be open to receive it. And that is so interesting to me because people will say, oh, I don't like my job. I don't like this. You know how they do that. You know this is right. it. And then when they call you up and say, listen, we're laying off 3,000 people, they go into devastation. Well, you right. you sent it on. You said, I really would wish I could do something else. I would do this. I would do that. If I wasn't working, I'd go do this. Well, now you can go do it. Right. You know, open up to the possibilities of how magnificent and magical our lives can be. And I know I can hear people saying, oh, Farzani, yeah, well, that could be true for this and it could be true for that, but it doesn't ever happen to me. Well, of course it doesn't if you're not open and think that you have to do it a certain way. Uh, there's a saying that uh, when I was growing up, uh, the, it, it's something to the fact of... Uh, even in the wind, like the trees must bend and blow, you know, the leaves, like how they flow. You've got to be flexible. Right. And I believe that we get into this uh, program of if you're not on your job for 20 years, you're an unstable person. Right, right. Or if you don't do it the way your family has done it, then you are like, oh, my God, the black sheep of the family. And I would say right. black is power. <laughs> so. Yeah, right, exactly. That's, that's, I think that's finally becoming a good word now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And so, yes. So everything has, um, you know, when we open up, just just think about the money aspect of it. And I, and I say it, and it's so profound. We can thank money. For the new administration. Right. No matter what it looked like, everybody collectively came together and said, listen, we know it's time for a change. 
Right. How powerful is that? Yeah, and a powerful change. Because to me, money is one of many representations of of personal power. Of yes. Many. There's other way. I mean, you could be physically beautiful as a representation of personal power, tremendously intelligent. You could have a lot of money. You could be, you know, tremendously funny. You know what I mean? These are all representations of, of personal power at an internal level that becomes external. And, and, and money is the same thing. And, and, yeah. and, and one of, you know, and, and we, we put way too much stock in it, I think, in the first place in terms of giving it too much power. Um, because it's just one of of many things that do represent, you know, personal power. Uh, that's and the law of exchange. Because that's yeah. really what it's about. It's the law of exchange. And right. and the value of uh, who we are and what we are on this earth. Although it's priceless. Right. Clearly priceless. However, scientists have come together and calculated that in the event that they were to replace a human body, it would be $44 million. It would cost to recreate a human body right. $44 million. That's, that's a value placed on your life. It's just the right. law of exchange. It, and it, well, we can yeah. call it the law of attraction, well, it's, right. it, it has to be an exchange. There is a flow. That's why it's circular. Uh, the earth is round. It is a flow. And in the circle of life, we are all valuable. It's really opening up to do our part. And the well, value yeah. is great. And I think, you know, it's funny to put a, a price tag on our human body's value, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, um, I think for most people, if they were told they were worth $44 million, they'd be pretty damn happy with that figure. <laughs> you know I mean? So it's like, hey you're, hey, you're a lot more valuable than you know. And that sense. Yes. And it does bring up a, yeah, a very powerful message. I mean, that I always like trying to impart to people. Everyone is unique and has a, a real purpose here in that sense. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone is part of the larger puzzle. In that respect, um, and when you, I think when you recognize your value in a healthy way, you will, in many ways, experience a better life. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to lead to arrogance necessarily. There's a big difference Absolutely. between confidence in self and arrogance. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and you can be certain who you are, and not allow someone else to create create your value for you, and then get mad because they didn't put it high enough. <laughs> you know, yeah, they don't appreciate me. Well, you set your value. And there's a great quote that I got. It says, money's only an issue in the absence of value. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because if there's no, when you really look at it like this, and and, and I know the audience listening can understand and know that, when they really would like something, I mean, you could have $20 in your pocket and you go and you see something that you're vibrating with, someone, something that you're attracted to that you really choose to desire and have in your life, money's not an issue. You'll find a way to get it. Right. Because you've created that value for it. Absolutely. And it's really, uh, yeah, and it's really all about us because it's what's inside of us is what we attract outside. 
And so the value, I agree with you 100%. It's who we are and how we, uh, I'm reminded of Sidney Poitier when he was uh, beginning to become an actor and he couldn't even speak English very well. And he goes in to read for a part and the gentleman told him that he should go and just be a dishwasher. And Yeah, sent him out of the office. You remember that? And he said he got a few blocks down the street and he realized, who is this man to dictate my value and to tell me what I am to be? Yeah, very powerful. Um, Yeah. But but you're right, and I think people people do this all the time. Let let me enter, in case um, we've got anyone live that, because we've still got about another 10 or 15 minutes, if anybody wants to ask a question of uh, Farzana, they can call in at 646-200-3966, and um, we'll uh, let you ask a question um, in the last uh, 10 minutes of the show. If you're catching us live, uh, most people seem to tell me they end up catching us on the archive um, because of the fact that we're running at 11 o'clock in the afternoon and most people are at jobs. (laughs) But that's okay. You know what I mean? It's still still valuable. But if it is listening live, they're they're welcome to call in. We'll gladly take your call. Yeah, and they can also, I am open for questions afterwards for your audience. Um, For the next 24 hours, they can give me a call at uh, 480-553-0857. Excellent. And um, you might want to also, I have it on the website, but you might want to throw in your email address as well, too. Um, okay, my email address is Farzana, that's F as in Francis, A-R-Z as in the mighty Zorro, A-N-A, at meeting, M-E-E-T-I-N-G, magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, dot com. Excellent. And there you have it. And on that subject, let me also ask you, let me change gears a little bit, and let's let's talk a little bit about um, your books. Um, yeah. Get a kick out of your one title here. Um, don't worry about the mule going blind. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of titles. Um, in yes. fact, I, I always jokingly said that. I mean, if, I've had a job where I just had to come up with funny titles for things. Um, yeah. That would be thrilling to me. In fact, I do it all the time myself doing that since I think it's the type of thing that, that leads people in, you know what I mean, kind of a catchy phrase or title. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your book. Is it published yet or is it in the process? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with that and what the book's about. It is actually complete and in the process of being published and it will be available uh, the middle of January. Very good. On about January 17th, 15th through 17th, I believe. And what I can do because of your newsletter, we can put a link to where it can be purchased. Right. Excellent. And yeah. uh, what, what's, the, what's the book about in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it's about learned behavior. And just really what we talked about and a bit about what I teach, it's, I call it consulting. You've got to consult within before anything can happen on the outside. And a lot of the times people get up, they get busy in the day, and they don't. And then their day is hairy, they don't have feel, you know, they get a sense they don't have enough time. And I say just take a moment. And one of the things that I do in the book is just give you little 
little suggestions on how you can calm your mind and move forward and come past uh, some of the things that could be going on from learned behavior that you think it's something else. And give an example. You have a desire in you, meaning let's say it's a female, and she has a desire to be a scientist. However, in her family, everyone has been a stay-at-home mom, and so she believes that she's got to go in that vein. And so she gets married, and she's irritable, and she has children, and she's depressed, and she doesn't really understand why. And then finally, she realizes she's not in her path, in her dream. And the learned behavior has kicked in. So what the book does is assist you in seeing that and knowing that it's okay to move into being a scientist, no matter right. when it is or how it is. So, yeah, it's about learned behavior. Uh, yeah, because I, mean, I think that that's, that's applicative at, at a number of levels because, I mean, I also find that a lot of people – you know, use a good example about someone becoming a wife and a mother when when their their stronger pull may have gone you know in a different direction. Um, I mean, I see the same thing in in marriages and and other circumstances as well for people yes. too um, that they don't you know the inner voice is kind of kicking in and and telling you you're unhappy and you're not fulfilled and you know um, this to me is uh, you know just a great example of how much uh, what I like to call it as false personality that becomes mm. such a prevalent thing in, in human behavior because we try to please other people or literally we're trying to please other people or we believe we're supposed to be pleasing other people yes yes sense as well and, and if you're so not pleasing so, yourself you're off your path to me you know yes. And so one of the things that I bring to mind is no one's more important than you. No one has the right or authority over your life more than you do. And we forget that because of learned behavior. And that's in the book. I bring that out and assist the light bulb to come on so that you can live that life. Right. And not have that guilt or, you know, oh, I could have, would have, should have, the whole thing. It's just, yeah. Excellent. And so the title comes from, because I have lived and believed my walk in the spiritual intelligence life, all my life, there, and my family believing is unique, <laughs> uh, I would call different. And I'm certain that some people have um, heard that they were different. And my grandmother would always say to me, don't worry about the mule going blind. You just point him in the direction he is to go, and he'll go. In other words, just do what you came here to do. Stay true to your spiritual intelligence, and it will all come out okay. And as I did the book and looking over the difference between a mule and a horse and the characteristics. Mules are very purposeful. And it's real interesting. It's real similar to the male energy. You can send a mule in a direction, and no matter what happens, they will stay true 
to getting the crop, the soil, the, the soil tilled. Right. You cannot get a mule to jump off a cliff. A horse, on the other hand, if a horse hears something over in a different direction, he may go in that direction. A right. horse, you can get him to jump off a cliff, but a mule, you can't. So when you don't, when the mule's going blind, he is so in tune into his direction, he will yet fulfill it. Right. Mm. So that's the title. <laughs> yeah. Always interesting. It makes me think about, I guess it makes me think, you know, I was just talking with a client the other day and using a similar reference to an ox. Yeah. As well, too, there's a reference in um, the, the Book of Runes about um, when you tame the wild ox, yeah. um, it could transport heavy loads. In other words, um, it could be, and, and yeah. I think it, it's sort of a reference to obviously an ox, but it's also a reference to ourselves in some respect as well, too. Yeah, there's, there's a whole analogy to that that I think is, is, is kind of fascinating. Do you also have, I mean, and you you mentioned the heart of the matter. Is that a, a subtitle for the book, or is that another book? That or? is, I, I send out to my clients, friends, and uh, whomever requested, I send out what I call uh, food for thought, things that reveal the heart of the matter, and take you into a state of thinking. And so it is a 52-week um, meditation time, if you will, or you can read it and, and take a word. I have some clients who take the heart of the matter and they keep it in their office. There are certain, there are certain titles that I use and I, and it comes from the place of power. So I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the titles is, um, the power of trust versus, uh, well, okay, let's say the power of value versus worth or quality versus quantity, the power of love versus unconditional love and what all that means. And so you can take the first of the week and you sit and you read it and just see what that means for you in your life. And it's food for thought, thought for food. Ah. So do you, do you send this out regulated clients or is it, I mean, is it a, a monthly thing, or do you just do it according to your own rhythms here? Well, it's... Weekly, or it's weekly, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been weekly. Uh, I've For the summer, I did it every couple of weeks. And it's in book form now, so it can be purchased as well. Right. And I'm getting ready to begin another 52 weeks of it. Oh, cool. I have so much to share, and that's how I share it. And that's the heart of the matter. Right. Well, let's um, let me because we've, we've we've actually believe it or not we've actually gone through forty five minutes almost already. I, that's why. Oh wow. I know. Every time I do a live show, every once in a while, a talk show, an interview show, sometimes uh, you didn't do this actually, but sometimes people will say, "Well, what are you going to ask me?" And you know, and, and they get sort of nervous about whether they're going to be able to uh, fill the time. I'm like, "Oh, believe me." It'll be gone in two seconds. I mean, it's best to show a little longer. But since we do have one more minute, I want, I want you to throw in your uh, email address and your number if you want to so so people can reach you uh, about your books or personal sessions or um, your fun shops 
uh, we didn't get to talk about any of that, so kind of throw that information out there, and we'll go, we'll go from there. Oh, yes, I'm having some fun shops. What I teach is prosperity alchemy, and because that's the magic of it, we're all alchemists, and we can change anything in, in an instant. And so I can be reached for information on the fun shops, because I have one coming up in January, uh, Farzana, F-A-R-Z-A-N-A, at meeting, M-E-E-T-I-N-G, magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, dot com. And my phone number is area code 480-553-0857. I can be reached for information. And I'm open for questions for the next 24. Uh, Jim, if it's okay with you, I'll do 48 hours. Um, right. To, right. Yeah, to, to, to hear uh, what okay. comments or questions people will have. Sure, and also just to let my listeners know, um, that information is also on Sacred uh, website. So if you uh, if you if you missed a letter or, or the number, you can you can get that info uh, on the website as well. Thank you for being here today, um, Farzana. I'm going to let so you go much. since we're 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 getting shut down here. <laughs> so, okay, uh, and I love you. Thank you so very much. You have a wonderful day, and thanks for uh, being my guest. Yes, and I am holding consciousness of seeing your vision up here. Excellent. All righty. Cool. Have a great Tuesday. Thank you. You as well.